0: This episode is sponsored by At Your Gate. Make it easier for your travelers to eat at your restaurants or shop at your stores, all from the comfort of their seats or from wherever they are in the airport. At Your Gate is a traveler solution aimed at bringing the shopping and dining experience directly to your customer. All they need to do is simply download the app, choose what they want for the dining or retail options, pay for it, and then wait for the order, which will be delivered promptly by a member of the At Your Gate team. Your entire airport program has never been more accessible and within a traveler's reach than with At Your Gate. Download the app on the Apple App Store or on Google Play to experience the service for yourself. At Your Gate is now in nine major airports and growing. San Diego, JFK, San Jose, Newark, MSP, LaGuardia, Portland, Boston, and now Ontario. Learn how At Your Gate can bring ease and convenience to your travelers. Just visit atyourgate.com. At Your Gate, don't fly hungry. Happy holidays. Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I am Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. Don't forget to register for the Airport Industries Can't Miss event of 2020. That's the Airport Experience Conference, which will take place at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center in Denver, Colorado. Register, reserve your booth, and even read up on the agenda at conference.airportxnews.com. Well, this is episode 82 of the podcast, and here I chat with Don Hunter of Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, and this is a great compliment to the series of small business interviews that I recorded in November because Seattle has something called the Investment Incentive Program, which essentially reimburses small minority-owned businesses a certain amount of dollars if they are unsuccessful in bidding on a contract with SeaTac. Now, I thought this was very interesting and perhaps could be the start of something greater, so We talk about the investment incentive program, Don's views on being a resource for small minority-owned businesses, really, and more. So here is my conversation with Don Hunter. So I'm here with Don Hunter, the concessions director for Seattle Tacoma International Airport. Don, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, and I had a wonderful Thanksgiving in beautiful California.
0: (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, we had a Well, we had a pretty beautiful uh, Thanksgiving as well down here in sunny South Florida. So we have something in common.
1: (laughs) Very nice.
0: So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, you are really coming on uh, as we record this on the heels of my month long focus on small businesses and airports. And like last year, I interviewed a great number of um, small airport businesses, each of whom had a very different story or take on their entry, their growth, and their emergence in this very complicated and difficult industry that we are a part of. So you coming on is a great time because um, some of the notable um, people that you work with or some of the notable things that you guys are doing at the airport are are things that I really want to focus on. So with that, let me just say that in an email, I think maybe several months ago, it was regarding an RFP, I believe. And... Towards the bottom, almost like nondescript in some ways, there was the description for what would be the Investment Incentive Program. Um, Would love for you to kind of just talk about um, the specifics, its history, and obviously the motivation behind it. So
1: the Investment Incentive Program came from um, conversations with our small and minority business partners that really talked about something that's kind of emerging as a trend here where airports are... Uh, putting on labor peace agreements or labor harmony agreements. And this is where they sign an agreement saying that they will not strike, they will not, you know, disrupt the workplace. And it is an agreement that is signed off by both the business and whatever labor organization represents them. What we were finding here in Seattle is that our small businesses were really talking to us about the cost of negotiating that labor harmony agreement. In some airports, it's quote-unquote, standardized, and everyone has the same document they signed off. That is not the case here in Seattle. And if you are a larger prime who does this across the country, you have in-house counsel that has this level of expertise. Our small and minority businesses did not have inside counsel that has that expertise. So they had to go hire someone, negotiate this, this uh, labor peace agreement in order to be able to bid because we put up a restriction on there that said, if you don't have it, you can't participate. Uh, so as we listened to business after business talk about it, we really came internally and said, well, we want to uphold the um, the values of the port, and that is quality jobs and, and and labor, but we also want to be sensitive to the fact that it's an additional cost and it's a barrier to entry. So we came up with the investment and incentive payment program that says, hey, if you have a viable RFP and we've de- deemed it a vi- viable RFP, you will qualify for a $5,000 um, incentive payment to offset the cost of negotiating that labor peace agreement. Subsequently after that, we then went back and said, you know what, why don't you just submit the labor peace if you win? So we, we want to go either further than that and say, you know what, we do not want any of this to be a barrier to entry. So we keep our, um, our vision of having you know, um, quality jobs, but we also reduce that barrier to entry for small and minority businesses.
0: So you keep, you're referring to the labor harmony piece and I kind of interpreted a little bit about it as um, I don't want to say reimburse or maybe help them recoup, but also I guess make it a little more attractive. Because again, everyone wants to get, um, not everyone, but a lot of operators I see the great um, opportunities at any airport, not just Seattle, you know, et cetera. But of course there's the cost aspect of it, which tends to, I mean, you and I know this price. A lot of these operators out is that was, that was also the great motivation, correct?
1: Correct. Uh, We did have a lot of um, business, small and minority businesses that said, you know what? It was too expensive. That was the deterrent. And then we had some that said, you know what? We're not even going to try at all. Mm -hmm. And that's never what we want. We want to make sure that we have a healthy competition and healthy competition at all levels, whether it's small, local minority businesses or large primes. And so we really wanted to address the issue of people either not wanting to bid at all, um, as you talked about, or just offsetting that high cost that they would have to incur to bid.
0: See, I I think this, again, this is what I kind of um, fell in love with in that email, is um, never mind the amount of money that you would uh, I guess, be paying back or reimbursing, whatever how, whatever terminology you want to use. Again, it's really to make it uh, a little easier for folks to bid. I know you you spoke to a lot of small businesses, um, et cetera, but was this motivated? Was there a model elsewhere in the industry that maybe you followed? Or I, I, I really can't think of anything that's this direct. Um, there might be variations of it, but nothing like this. Was there anything else that you saw in the industry that kind of came close?
1: actually, no, this was pretty revolutionary. This was sitting down in a room with our legal team who are absolutely amazing and said, look, what can we do within the parameters of state law, federal law, and our port regulations? And this is what they came up with. So I don't know any other program across the country that's actually doing this, looking at this issue, because I know this has come up in pretty much every airport, looking at this issue and saying, what can we do? And we really didn't see another model for this. So this was kind of just born out of brainstorming in a room with our legal team.
0: What were those conversations like? So what, is the, what was the motivation? I know it was to spur for labor peace agreement and uh, to get others to participate, but is it also just, I mean, overall, it's really just to have more competition, correct?
1: Um, ultimately what you want to do is have healthy competition on all levels um, because Seattle has a very strong sense of place and there really is a wanting to have the local flavor in the community reflected in the airport. And um, you know our commissioners, they do a great job of trying to um, put all the competing interests together and and come out with a fabulous result. And this is just one of those items that um, they had two specific goals. They want to increase small and minority businesses, but they also want to you know protect the quality job and make sure the worker is protected. And so the main motivation behind this is to be able to take two competing interests, um, find a middle ground, and then be able to make sure that we um, keep the local small and minority businesses engaged and not feel like they are boxed out of any opportunity that we have here at the airport because we put something, another regulation on them. So I think it was just trying to find that middle ground and really trying to make sure that we have healthy competition because one of our commission's directives increase small and minority business participation, quality jobs, and have a fair program that is inclusive of all levels of businesses. And I think that this is one way that we try to achieve that.
0: I'm certain that when this was proposed, it was pretty near universally met with praise, right? At least that's what I'd like to think in my mind.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there, there, it's, in an organization, there's always mixed emotions. There's the people who look at you and say, are you absolutely insane? <laughs> and then there's a piece say, okay, that says, okay, that works. And so I think as we, you know, we move forward and you get mixed results, you know, some of the small businesses says, well, you know, it costs three times that much, you know, to negotiate a labor peace agreement. It's not enough. And then you have other people saying, well, you know, I'm a larger business, you know, how come I don't qualify for this? So it's, it's I don't think in a situation like this, you're ever going to make anyone happy, but. We just wanted to make sure that we had something set in place that would at least uh, level out that playing field for the small minority businesses who want to do business with us.
0: I think usually the first, uh, listen, uh, you know, you're an employee of a government agency. You know, the first, I guess, versions of anything or any initiative might not always be so sweeping and grand, right? It's always, you could be just dipping your toe to see how it's met. And it's usually that second or third iteration that might be the revolution, well, not revolutionary. The, the first step is usually revolutionary, but it's the, usually that second or third one where that really catches people's attention, I guess, where it grows into something that um, people do wanna, um, to, to mimic in other programs, correct? Yeah, correct.
1: Um, and, and we went through very, as you said, we went through various iterations of this. You know, before we put a dollar amount to it, it was like, what does this look like? How, how does it, you know, who would qualify? You know, um, how would this even look? How would it feel? How do we administer this? I mean, we went through a whole, we went through several months of talking to community people, talking to small businesses, and then really trying to understand within a government framework, how do we make this work? And then we ultimately settled on you know the $5,000 do- amount um, that we found acceptable. But as you said in the very beginning, when this came up, you know, we're like, I don't know if this is gonna work. And then we're like, oh, we looked at it some more, we looked at it some more. And then, like I said, ultimately we offered this, but then we said, you know what, let's go one step further and say, you know what, you don't even have to worry about this until you have received a notification from us that you are um, a preferred respondent and we're gonna actually award you. So going one step further and saying, you know, we really hear, um, that this is an impediment for you and we want to make it, um, as easy as possible. Cause it, there's a lot of money that goes into putting together a bid. Um, and if I'm a small or minority business and I spent, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousand of dollars on a bid on top of negotiating a labor peace agreement, mm-hmm. and then I didn't win, I don't know if $5,000 would make me feel great. So, um, There's just a lot that goes into it, but we just wanted to make sure that um, we were doing the best that we could to address the issues that came before us.
0: Well, this is, it's the intent. The intent is what's well-meaning. You said that this was uh, not necessarily an initiative um, that was started from uh, above you with the commission, et cetera, but what does it mean to you personally to, to, um, I guess, to push an initiative like this forward? What it means?
1: is you know and understanding when i when i came into the program itself and i'll speak specifically about the program here at ctac um which is a great program and we were a little on rocky ground you know with our relationships with our small and minority businesses so for what this meant for me is this was a stepping stone to tell our small and minority businesses support cares Uh, we are listening to what you're saying and specifically for me going out um, day after day meeting and talking with them and hearing them concerns. It just felt personally to me that this was one way that we can show as an organization that we are listening and we actually really do care. Cause sometimes, you know, in the airport politics, there's things we can do and we things that we can't do, but there's always a victory when you hear the voice of your, your customers and you hear the voice of our small businesses. And we're able to say, you know what? I hear you and I'm going to do something about it. And I think that that was really a success story for me because I, I just felt good to be able to say we're doing something because a lot of times we hear the concerns, we take mm-hmm. them in, but then we're not able to do anything about it based on the politics that are around us. And so when we're able to do things like this and some other initiatives that we've, are, we've put out there, it just makes it sweet to be able to say we have a victory or we're able to do something based on listening to the voice of our, our small businesses.
0: And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned you know listening because I'm not going to say it to you or I'm not trying to target any one airport, let's say right. But uh, you know, speaking to a lot of the proposers or a lot of businesses, it's always well, we. There's always that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's fair that you know when if the results don't swing your way in some ways, I guess. But um, when it comes to listening to the industry and listening to folks like what you did, I mean, there's not many that that are. That, are, that take that approach, I guess. And it's kind of commendable, commendable that you and other airports will sit down and listen, okay, we'll, let's, we'll take this into account. We're not gonna solve the whole thing right away, but we wanna make it at least, um, you know, something that's viable to you in whatever aspect of this tendering uh, program, you know, that you wanna be a part of, correct? Cor-
1: correct. And then, you know, there's some other things that we do here um, that I really like, you um, Because you asked a question about, you know, diversity in our contracting programs. And uh, one of the things that our commission is big on is lessons learned. After we complete any solicitation process, we have to come back and say, commission, this was your directive, and these are the lessons we learned in implementing that. And um, I think it's really good because you get to see, okay, this is what we wanted at a high level. We did it. And it went well, it didn't go well, and we we're able to give uh, feedback. So I, I think um, that's one of the great things, but also what has, comes out of that is we're able to kind of do different things. Like for instance, we have you know the big RFP, and then we notice, you know what? Small businesses and minority businesses can't really compete on that level. No. Why don't we do a competitive competitive evaluation process that are targeted towards small and minority businesses that you know, the requirements are different. It doesn't require a bond. It makes it a little bit easier for people who don't have, you know, um, ties with the large primes to do a joint venture or just our larger companies. It allows them um, opportunity to compete. In addition to that, these are prime locations because as we know, sometimes when we have opportunities for small businesses, they're not the best locations. And so we wanted to make sure that in our contracting program that we chose prime locations that could stand alone and be financially viable and give small businesses an opportunity to come and compete. And that's been really successful for us.
0: Well, it's like, as this, uh, again, I discovered uh, the incentive payment program at a time when uh, we're still in the mode of a lot of acquisition in the industry, right? Um, OHM was recently acquired by um, by. By Hudson, um, W.H. Smith acquired Marshall Retail Group, et cetera. So the playing field is shrinking and um, there isn't much, at least on the retail side, much in the middle. And I don't know if that's going to continue on, on the food side as well. So you have a lot of folks at the bottom that are saying, okay, well, I, don't, I might not have the punching power to go up against one of the larger primes. What are some of your thoughts, I guess, on the, the mergers and acquisitions kind of reducing the playing field in some way?
1: So you know I'm I'm all for business and I think it's great. But when we're looking at, at through a lens of our our small businesses, um, it does a couple things. Um, one thing it, it does is it reduces the opportunities for small businesses to actually go after opportunities, bid themselves, and be able to operate themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. What it does is it kind of starts creating an environment. Uh, where we're pushing everyone towards joint ventures, which I don't find anything wrong with joint ventures. Please believe me. I think that they're great. But there should also be opportunities for a small business who actually wants to run their own brand in an airport. And I think when we start having these acquisitions and companies are getting larger and larger and larger, and they have more net, more financial buying power, and they start boxing our smaller um, retailers or food and beverage people out of the business, Um, I think what tends to happen then is we lose that diversity um, that we're looking for in airports, we lose that opportunity for small business to really come in and show us what they can do. And like I said before, it really puts people in a position where you literally can't operate, you're going to have to go to a joint venture. And if we're talking about keeping programs, um, opportunities and programs open for all, Mm-hmm. The more we see uh, these acquisitions and things like that happening, this may, the state of small businesses that airports are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and you'll see the opportunities only coming through joint ventures. And if you're an airport like SeaTac or Portland or some of these other airports that really pride themselves in having um, you know, that local flavor, you'll have it, but through big corporations who have either created concepts or went and partnered with someone on the street versus having that small business who this is their lifeblood, bringing that
0: energy into the airport. We'll return to the interview in just a few moments. At Your Gate is the in-airport order and delivery app for passengers, flight crews, and airport employees. All they need to do is to download the app, browse, order, and pay, and then sit back and relax while someone from the At Your Gate team delivers the order. It's that easy. Don't your customers deserve such convenience? Of course they do. Find out how to bring At Your Gate to your airport and to your travelers. Go to atyourgate.com now. At your gate, don't fly hungry. And now, back to the episode. I hope I answered your question. No, 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 you did, you did. And it led me to uh, uh, something else that I thought, um, and love to get your opinion on this. Do you think the state of the business now, with all its complexity, not not, never mind the, the bidding and the cost associated with it, right? I'm talking about just purely the logistics of operating. Do you think it's such uh, that we are now at a state or a stage where it's a very very complicated it's become very specialized and that never mind the 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 bidding part um had just almost naturally is just a too great of a barrier entry to, for new operators to entry the, to enter because i i know looking back at some of the you know the legacy companies like cruise and you know mr daniels and etc you know at that time when they started it's like hey we're working with a large partner we're learning from, but we're also learning along the way, you know, and working through the kinks. Now it's just uh, almost moving at a rapid pace where uh, there might not be time to learn on the fly or learn on the job. So do you think it's just the business itself is just too much, uh, much more complicated now?
1: You know, my initial thought to that question is yes, Mm -hmm. but that is why as airports, we need to be what I call intentional. We need to make sure that we are really when we bring in a small business that we are providing the resources for them, because it's very complicated, whether it's the bidding process, whether it's trying to get through whatever airport processes, we all have our different levels of bureaucracy that you have to jump through. And then you got to go find people to work for you. Then you have to operate and get badges and deliveries and deal with all the stuff that that goes with um, operating at an airport. And so what I tell my staff is we need to be very intentional when we bring in a small minority business, we know at that point, and actually I hired a business manager whose sole job is to work with our small businesses. We have to make sure that we are, we ha- they have the resources that they need in order to be successful, because if we throw them out there in the big world, the airport, and we don't provide resources for them, like you said, it just becomes too complicated. And what you never want to do is see someone mortgage their house, or empty their savings, build out a location, and then fail. I mean, to me, that's heartbreaking. And so um, as the industry becomes more complex and airports become more complex, we really need to put a lens on being intentional on how we bring in small and minority businesses, uh, what we provide to them, and being a resource for them. I mean, I just remember before being in Seattle at LAX, and you mentioned the Cruises and the Daniels and the the, uh, Soto and Sanchez and all those great firms. You know, I remember when they were smaller firms and just the airport having the support of Jean-Marie Lindsay and then Deborah Flynn saying, you know what, we are going to make sure that we provide resources for them. I need you out there meeting with them, talking to them, and just to see as you just provide resources for them at the end, you know, they have become primes now and they have their own ACDB partners. And ultimately, that's what you really want to see is some company grow from a very small business. To becoming a prime and then ultimately taking on other business partners and mentoring. And so that all comes from an airport intentionally saying, we got to support these guys, we got to make sure that we uh, break down as many barriers as we can for them. And we kind of, in some ways, handhold them through the
0: process. Yeah, sure. So my next question really uh, centers as I was doing a lot more research on, on at least the one topic, I, I came across the diversity and contracting program, which it seems like it's, it's more of a, a port wide initiative. And um I, honestly, I, I was I thought it was really bold, at least in my opinion, um, from an initiative standpoint, but also very thorough. Can you just talk about uh, the status and its current impact uh, on maybe not just again, not just the airport, but on the port as a whole?
1: Oh, most definitely. So the diversity and contracting program is ran by uh, uh, me and Rice, who is the director of that. He is also the DBELO for the airport and so we work very closely together um, on a lot of initiatives. And so uh, last year, uh, the Port of Seattle Commission passed what they call the WIMBY Initiative, Women and Minority Businesses, and that falls under diversity and contracting. One of the things that we're looking at is intent being very intentional on how we contract at the port. So whether we are hiring someone to deliver you know, trash bags or I'm, if I'm hiring a marketing firm or someone who's gonna paint the wall for the port, we are putting uh, women and minority businesses as as a goal on their outside of the ACDBE and DBE um, initiative to really be um, inclusive of the community that we surround. So some of the initiatives that go under that is if we have a, a WIMBY firm uh, who's doing business with us, we have a mentor protege program that is actually getting ready to roll out in 2020. Not only do you get a um, someone who's already in the field who's a prime, that's gonna work with you, but you also get someone from the port who's also gonna work with you. So what does that mean? You're a new firm. Do you know how to submit accounting forms to the port? Do do you know how to get a badge? Do you know how to do what it takes to work with us? And then we have an industry professional that comes and says, okay, you're you're a window washer, you're a janitorial, you're a marketing firm. Let me help you get to the next level. So that's one of the things that comes under the diversity in, in contracting program. Um, uh, and and just to see how it works to, to touch all aspects of the organization from maritime to our corporate office to the airport and people really being thoughtful on how they interact with small and minority businesses in the community and really looking at opportunities to be more inclusive in the, in the work that we do at the port.
0: Oh, well, excellent. And, and you know what, I'm just seeing this from, I guess, my romantic eyes in some ways. I love that there's still the commitment to the diversity, there's commitment to uh, mentoring, um, just everything really that uh, I guess the spirit of the ACDB program kind of was created for uh, way back when, Mm -hmm. but hopefully this one initiative, hopefully of one of many uh, industry-wide is just gonna continue to further that in some ways, for me. Yeah,
1: and and I kind of hope that we start, you know, it starts catching on, you know, and that people really see that there's so many opportunities for us to nurture small businesses on so many different levels. And then, you know, what we, one thing that we do here is we have, we partner with local high schools.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you see young people of all colors and, and, and ethnicities, they come in and you start introducing them to different things. Like, did you know how a concession gets in an airport? Do you know how we build a runway? Do you know about this? And they start meeting some of these ACDBEs and and, small and minority businesses, and their eyes are big as silver dollars. They're like, I never knew about this. And I just think that it is part of our job to really educate our kids so that we are bringing more people into the aviation industry. Because if we keep it to ourselves and we're not pulling more people in, we're going to come to a point where we're only going to see the same small businesses and the same minority businesses. And that's not the intent of the program. It is to bring people in, train them, build them up, let them become primes. let them go off and do great things, and then pull somebody else behind them. And so I think with efforts like
0: our our Wimby Initiative, we get to do things like that. Well, I want to pivot a little bit and pivot back to you for a second. How did you find your way into this industry, by the way? Oh, boy.
1: So um, my degree is in criminology, and I always wanted to go work for the FBI and catch bad guys. And then I went to the whole program and they gave me a gun and I realized I don't like guns. So I went, um, the way the city of LA works is that you can work for any LA department to kind of transition and you don't lose your time. So I went to work for LAPD in their training division and I loved that job. And then there was an open promotional opening at airport police uh, to be a manager in the credential center. And while I was there, I met some great people who worked in the concessions team and this had to be about 15 years ago. And I'm like, what is a concession? <laughs> and they had an opening and I went over there and I just started learning and I was open to a whole new world. And um, I, I thank my friends over at HMS Host because I sat in their office many a day in their commissary really learning the business mm-hmm. and they were very kind to me to teach me the business. And I think the biggest thing for me is I was just remember Learning and there was a conversation I was listening to when people were talking about ACDBEs. I didn't even know what that was at that point, mm-hmm. and the, the commentary that they were having is that we don't really talk to our we shouldn't be talking to our A C D B partners. Anything that they need should come through the Prime. And so I'm like, what is an A C D B? So I went online, I looked, I found the regulation, and I'm bringing. I'm like, this doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. And she is retired now, but Patricia, who works for the FAA office, I called her and she was gracious enough to invite me to the office and educated me. And from that point on, 14, 15 years ago, I've just been learning ever since. And um, so that's kind of how I got into the concessions business. And I'm kind of glad that I started grassroots and I didn't know anything because I really was able to (laughs) learn and people were able to teach me. And it's always a learning process. And so that's kind of how I got where I am and how I really got a passion for working with small and minority businesses because I'm I'm one who always roots for the underdog. And if you're telling me that these people people can't be helped, well, those are the
0: people I'm going to help, so. No, certainly. Well, well it's funny then, because our, the, all right, so our timelines pretty much were in parallel because I've been in about 14, 15, almost 15 years now. And I guess my next question was going to be uh, kind of like, did you ever think that there was this world, like you said, a lot of these kids that you guys were bringing in and introducing the airport space to were like, oh my gosh, there is, can't believe there's this whole like almost underground Disney-like feel to the airport other than just, oh, it's just the carriers or the airlines, right? Um, And I'm sure just like me, it totally blew my mind and um, have learned so much and seen the industry, at least just in those 15 years, like you, probably seen it evolve so quickly in such a short period of time.
1: You know, exactly. When I, when I started in this field, you know, uh, we had a master concessionaire at the airport. They had 100% of the food. There was a master uh, retailer that had 100% of the retail. And there was not this whole push for, you know, sense of place mm-hmm. and all these dynamic celebrity chefs. And um, it was just a very different world back then. And I just remember where it got real for me. And I'll give a shout out to AXN. I remember my first uh, conference and it was AXN. And I just, my mind was blown nationally at the level of where all of this was and where it was was going. And then you started seeing that shift in that movement to, you know, we don't want just a proposal. Prioritary brand that sells hot dogs. We want fancy-dancy celebrity chefs, and we want more local concepts, and we want. And then the industry just completely changed, where mm-hmm. you know the food and the dining and the retail experience um, at airports really elevated to you know a five-star level. Uh, when I started, it was not that it was you know let's meet people's basic needs, let's feed them, let's get them a magazine, let's get them out of here. So it has definitely changed.
0: Well, you, you rode that wave at the right time at LAX, honestly. So <laughs> oh, yeah. very, very oh, yeah. timely. My last question for you, Don, is, you know, we, we spoke about um, small businesses, et cetera. Want to turn it back to the, to the airport for a bit and, and want to give you an opportunity to really talk about the, the you new know, dining and retail program that you have there. Um, just talk about some of the things that you're excited about, some of the things that you've launched and maybe some things that you might be looking forward to.
1: So things that I am excited about. We are very space constrained here at the airport, so we're trying to do big things in a mighty space. But we're very fast growing. We're almost at 50 million, and so one of the things my team and I have been um, well, they will tell you when you see them at AXN is that they think a tad bit crazy. I sit up at night and I think of strange things to do. And as you know, we already have our retail kiosk program, and those are on two levels: our introductory and intermediate introductory come in, plug and play intermediate you get a little bit more experience with our design review and you have to put some money for it. Um, one of the things I wanted to really look at is we have a lot of small businesses who bid for opportunities on the food side and they really can't compete at that level but we wanted to give them opportunities so we're able to carve out two spaces for now we're doing our small business food incubator, incubator program port is going to put in all of the infrastructure And we're going to rotate small businesses out to come in, be able to sell in the airport and see if their brand of food would be viable. So that is currently under plant design review. And I'm super excited that that's going to start pretty soon. Um, We just recently called, um, uh, started a small business vendor pilot program. You know, normally we put out these big vending RFPs that include all of our buildings and everything, but we carved out about six prime locations that, um, we feel would be great. And so we we launched our small business vendor pilot program, which is really great. Uh, We also did this year, we had a small business vendor forum. We invited food and beverage and retail people from the different various communities. We had such a great response. We had to split them in in two rooms, but we had um, a really great response from our local ethnic community. And um, we've since um, brought the primes in. They were able to... to, um, Negotiate with them, so now a lot of those businesses who came to our small business uh, um, forum are now have their products offered in the airport. Wow! So that was really great. And then I stole this from Atlanta, but I have to say it: we did our first taste of the region in Seattle here um, Mm -hmm. at the end of October, and it was just so phenomenal. uh, The response that we got from the community, Um, we we um, showcased all of our uh, former and current tenants that were here and gave the community an opportunity to come in. All of the proceeds went to the Byrne Foundation, and we just had a really great time on a Saturday. So we're just looking for more initiatives to get people excited about the airport, but also to provide a lot more opportunities for small businesses as we move uh, forward in 2020.
0: Excellent. Well, Dawn, that's all I have, and um, I want to thank you for taking time to speak with me, and if we don't chat, have a happy holiday.
1: Same to you. Happy holidays, and I hope to talk to you soon.